0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Save, Spend, Invest podcast. This is your host, Bookie Smart, and I'm really excited about today's topic. Um, I'm not even going to get too much into the details. Let's just get right into it. This is how the rich get richer and how you can too. Um, Before I actually get started, I do want to say that if you haven't already subscribed, guys, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do take like 10 seconds to subscribe um it would mean even more if you do leave me a rating and review um yeah and, I, and it's just great because that's how the word you know gets out that's how more people are able to see the podcast also don't forget that if you like this please do share it on your instagram stories tag me at Smart and at save spend invest go and do that right now like now Like, no, no, I'm kidding. I mean, no, I'm not. Do it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, please do subscribe. Please do leave a rating and review. It would mean a lot to me. And please do put this on your Instagram story. Share it with your friends. Let them know um, that you're serious about this whole finances thing. And, you know, it's about time you stop talking and actually start doing. Okay? And that's what we're here to do. So today's episode, I'm really excited about. This is how the rich get richer and how you can too. And I'm going to start with um, a little quote slash excerpt that i read somewhere and it says this passive income is why the world's richest people are entrepreneurs who started and grew their own companies instead of working for money on their own they have others working for them why mow lawns when you can hire someone else to do it and still make a majority of the money um and this was quoted by a guy called grant sabatia um in his book called the financial freedom a proven path to all the money you will ever need. I personally haven't read the book, but I have heard that that quote or that phrase um, before. And as he explains this, employees add value to a business, making it more valuable than a single individual would or could. Um, building a business multiplies and compounds your power to make money by the number of employees you have. That's what he said. And many people have gotten rich by simply paying other people to do the work and connecting demand with supply. Okay, so this can get a little bit controversial because there's like an ongoing debate of, you know, do we all need to be entrepreneurs to be super rich? Absolutely not. Um, you know, one of the things that I have been focusing on and speaking to more people about is this whole idea of having multiple sources of income as opposed to just the mindset of, I have to have my own thing, I have to have my own thing, it's like, no, like, you can have multiple sources of income from property, through rental income or capital appreciation, through investments, through dividends, um, when you invest in some companies and they pay you back dividends, or you get interest from other, um, high yield investments for, like, bonds, um, And other different ways that you can just have multiple streams of income. If you are a creative and you're selling like courses or for me, for example, my book, you know, I'm sleeping, quotes and quotes, and I'm making money. So that the aim for a lot of people is actually to have multiple sources of income, not necessarily multiple sources of hustle. And therefore, I think that we don't have to all be entrepreneurs. But, you know, I just gave this as a little i don't know like introduction as to how the majority of the world's richest people you know they do own their own companies just to disclaim slash put into perspective right so when you think of the world's richest people Warren buffett elon musk oprah bill gates mark zuckerberg all of those ones they all have their own businesses well now they do but actually they didn't all start off that way um they actually mostly started off uh like us you know just working jobs and trying to find ways to become rich and for them it mostly happened um through owning businesses but what I've learned is that's not the only way they got rich and this is what I want to focus on um in this episode just like the five principles that I've learned through research and through just watching them and studying them because I think that it's important um That when you're trying to build something or where you're trying to get to a destination, that you ask or you go study the people who have already gone ahead of you. And especially in in the age that we live in, um, you know, where there's free flowing data and there's information about everybody's business out there. (laughs) You know, it's very easy for you to go and study someone. And so that's what I've been doing is studying all these successful people um. And you know, I don't necessarily want to become like them, but I think that I can glean a lot of wisdom in what they, in what they've done and th- in the steps that they've taken to becoming wealthy. So I'm going to talk about five principles, and number one is specialized skill. So you might have heard me talk about this quite a bit, actually. In in terms of picking your domain of expertise, what are you great at? What are you a master of, or what do you want to become a master of? So, Mark Zuckerberg picked computer science. Oprah picked talk shows. Bill Gates picked software. If you can pick something that you will be known for, what will it be? What is your superpower? What is that thing that people know you for? Um, and is that something that you currently have, or is that something that you're working towards, or you're currently building? you know so you have to pick something preferably that you're good at and that you actually really enjoy so for me when i started this whole personal finance thing it was born out of interest it was born out of just me trying to navigate how to make the most of my money when I started earning this salary um I was a young grad and I you know went from earning peanuts to earning all this money I was like whoa what am I supposed to do with this and for the first couple of months it was just spend 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 and then I took some time out to really think and I wasn't on Instagram and I wasn't even really on Twitter I think I was off social media for like two or three years um before I came back in 2017 but yeah, during those times before social media, I was thinking like, what am I interested in? And the and how I sort of figured out that I was interested in personal finance was, um, I think it was in the purpose driven life or some other book that I read that was talking about, you know, when you go to the doctors or even just when you go on like a BBC or Sky, like what things what sections do you normally gravitate towards and for me that was always money (laughs) um and i did an episode with deborah chosen actually where i talked a little bit about how i started personal finance and how that interest was born and how it was actually from when i was younger and i was always interested in money and i was always counting money and you know me you know but trying to be on the money (laughs) from day one um but yeah i i started doing that um I started doing, you know, um, personal finance or just doing anything with money for much younger. But as I grew older and I actually started thinking about, okay, what do I actually want to be known for? And before I came back on Instagram, that was my, I don't know, that was what I wanted to think about before I just got on Instagram and just started posting random pictures just because I felt like if you're going to go on Instagram, you might as well add value. You might as well make it a good time for people. You might as well, you know... I don't know, have people living better than they met you? That was and still is my mindset. Um, not that there's anything wrong with posting random pictures because I do occasionally, but at that point when I was coming back, I just felt like um the type of content I wanted to be put I wanted to put out, I wanted it to be useful to people. And so I started thinking about okay, when I go on like Sky or BBC, I normally gravitate towards like the business. Um section or the um the money sections and I you know I want to find out what's going on in the economy I want to find out how people are saving to buy houses I want to find out you know whenever I see things like oh five saving tips five investing habits those are sort of the um posts and websites I was always drawn to and that was my area of focus and I decided that okay this you know this was already a natural interest for me i'm just going to build on it and the more i got into it and i especially once i started sharing it with other people i was like oh i actually quite enjoy talking about money i actually quite enjoy teaching people i actually quite enjoy coaching um, learning coming up with workshops all of that up until even me writing a whole book <laughs> about it right so i say all that to say find your domain of expertise what do you want to be known for um and even with personal finance for me like that's what a lot of people know me for but that's not all that you know I want people to know me for but as far as like building wealth and how you know I want to be able to earn some sort of income I know that okay I want to focus on one of these areas that I'm really interested in which is personal finance and through that I've been able to get income through like you know, I, I wrote a book, I do conferences, I coach people, Um, I do all these events and workshops and stuff like that. I go and speak in engagements. That was important for me to have um, before I could charge people, right? If people didn't know me for personal finance because I was all over the place, then they wouldn't be calling me to speak um, at their events. And I, you know, I wouldn't be credible if I was just a random person bringing out a personal finance book if that wasn't what people thought or knew me um, as my area of expertise. So find your specialized skill, find what you want to be known for. That is going to be a huge way for you to be able to build wealth. The second thing, the second principle is compounding. Compounding is like one of the greatest forms of, one of the greatest forms of um, building wealth. And that's something that not a lot of people actually know and not a lot of people actually take advantage of. And I'm just going to read um a quote from my book actually on compounding. If you guys don't already know, uh, my book is available on Amazon.com or if you're in Lagos, then I don't know, message me <laughs> and I'll get it to you. But yeah, I wrote here, capitalizing on the time value of money has to do with one thing, compound interest. Compound interest is how the rich get richer and time would be one of your greatest assets here as a young adult. It is interest on your initial investment plus accumulated interest on that amount so far. So in other words, it is interest on interest. And this is where compound interest really blows my mind and just like Accelerates everything, like as far as how the rich get richer do it, one of the biggest ways they do it is come is through compound interest and so I'm going to give an example, but you will probably better see in it, so I would you know highly recommend that you do get get my book <laughs> so you can actually see it and understand what I mean um specifically. It's only like a page and a half long anyway. But yeah, here's what compound interest will do if you have a thousand pounds. So if we start with a thousand pounds and add 10% interest, at the end of year one, you have 10% of a thousand pounds plus your thousand ten- pounds. So that is a thousand one hundred. At the end of year two, what happens with compound interest is that 10% that, you, that is your return that you get annually is then increased because you're accumulating it. Right, so you your opening balance in year two would be a thousand one hundred, and then you get 10% interest on that amount. So instead of just having two hundred pounds of interest at that point, meaning that hundred pounds plus another hundred pounds, you actually get hundred pounds plus a hundred pounds plus ten plus ten pounds extra because of compound interest. So at the end of year two, you get one thousand two hundred and ten pounds. And then again, you're still maintaining that 10% interest. By the end of year three, you're getting 1,331 pounds. And it, like, you guys may not understand it fully, I hope that you do, but it is so important. Um, compound interest is so important. And I think that you should read up about it and um, start thinking of how your money can make money. Your interest can make more interest. It is an additional amount that, you know, return that is additional to your returned money. Sorry, guys, I'm a little bit... <laughs> um. But yeah, read read about it, get my book, Um, ask questions, but just know that that is something that you want to prioritize and focus on Um, in your journey to wealth is making sure that compound interest is working for you. If you're investing, this is something you're already doing, especially if you're investing and not taking out your returns, then you're interest or the amount that you are getting back as a percentage of your return is compound interest and it's compounding. So if you have a pension, for example, every single year that is compounding and that is so important in how the rich get richer. Number three, um, one of the biggest principles that I've found that a lot of successful and ultra high net worth individuals use is they get higher rates of return right and I have explained this from my own personal circumstance so when I started investing um what back in 2016 I had a little to invest and so I was very cautious and this is what I find as well with you know people that are just getting started when you just get when you're just getting started with investing you're very cautious you're guarding your money really closely right and for someone that was super rich or was already wealthy that amount is small but for me, that was a lot. It was like, oh, this is my, you know, my whole savings that I had been saving for a lot. I think I had been saving for like two and a bit years um, at that point when I started investing. And so I wanted to protect this. I wanted to put it in, you know, really, really low risk assets so that I could monitor it, so that, you know, I wouldn't lose it, so that it was, you know, I was at least guaranteed something. Um. And because of that, I was limited in the rate of return that I was going to get. So naturally with investments, you get low risk, you, you know, get low returns. The higher risk that you have, the higher returns you're likely to get. So as I grew up and as my risk tolerance increased, um, I was willing to take more risk because I knew more. And because I had more money as well. And so the smaller amount that I invested in 2016, in 2017 or 2018, I was like, oh, okay, I actually um, have a bit more to work with now. So I can actually afford to put this amount of money in a higher yield asset. And so I, at that point, I was like, you know what, if I lose this money, you know, it wouldn't kill me, it wouldn't be the end of the world. You know, you don't hope that to happen, especially when you're investing, you know, quite hefty sums Um, but yeah I just got comfortable with that risk and therefore what that enabled me to do was actually seek out assets that were returning higher rates of return so you can start off with like bonds or I don't know whatever else is like low risk fixed income instruments money market funds all of those things are low risk and they would give you low returns and then the higher your Risk tolerance and the higher risk that you're willing to accommodate for, then you're able to get higher returns. So, the ultra net, the ultra high network individuals, they are richer because they get they have access to higher rates of return because they have higher risk thresholds. So, because of that, they're able to put their money into, like, you know, stocks and real estate and all these higher. Um, yield assets that would give them more money than just low risk so think of it this way most people when they're starting off they start with you know something low risk you know maybe their house um, as a primary asset and then you earn some percentage say three to five percentage in a year and then as you accumulate more money and your risk tolerance increases then you want to maybe go into stocks and bonds and then you're earning like five to ten percent a year And then the more comfortable you get, then you want to start, you know, increasing how much percentage of stocks are in your portfolio um, rather than lower fixed income or bonds. Um, And then you might be earning 10 to 15 percent a year. And then you might even branch off to like real estate and then start earning like 15 percent plus a year if you have really strong appreciation, capital appreciation on your property or properties. And then eventually you might decide to buy a business or start a business and that is when exponential growth can happen and you can you know invest um in a business with like one or two thousand pounds for example and maybe that business gets sold or bought in two three years and then you can get you know literally like a hundred percent or two hundred percent return which is insane to think about but it does happen right but it's just basically i give this little in- illustration so that you just know like the levels of um growth in terms of rates of return and what to expect but you know as far as the ultimate you, um, the ultimate return that you can get is probably equity um because i think it was when uber ipo'd that an angel investor invested like five thousand dollars into uber when they were raising their first round and that $5,000 returned like 100K or something insane in what, like six or seven years after. And I just thought like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like I don't even know what percentage of return that is, but that is well over 100% return, right? And that is what we aim for um, as the ultimate. But obviously you can only do that once you have 5,000 pounds to lose, especially once you're getting into um, investing in equity in b- businesses directly, then you definitely have to do your due diligence and you have to be, um, very like sound, like make sure the investments are in sound and make sure you're not just throwing money just because so don't go around now just looking forward to put 5,000 um, pounds if you have it. <laughs> um, you need to make sure that at that point when you're investing 5,000 pounds needs to be like, oh, if I lose it, then okay, cool. But if I make an, an enormous amount of return, like 200% or whatever, then, you know kudos to you hats off to you so yeah that's number three higher rates of return number four this one is super important as well especially if you are in your 20s um network the power of networks when it comes to investing is unmatched right the super rich people um the rich get richer because they have opportunities that are not available to others because of their networks and I think that it's important to have a network of people outside your normal social circle and family of friends. These are people who may not even necessarily be older than you, but probably will be older than you. Um, and they have more experience in the field of investing they've been doing this for a while they've gotten back returns you you know they have a track record built for themselves and these are the sorts of people that will sign you up for investment conferences they will tell you about new real estate deals they'll tell you about what new investment they're doing and if they think that that would fit into your portfolio they would help you out when it comes to sourcing and doing due diligence on work if you're going to you know, choose real estate as an asset. They're the ones that would, you know, help you find good contractors and people to work for you so that you know you don't get scammed and things like that. The power of networking and investing on match. It's so important that we get out of our own circle and actually seek people out who have made it and who are doing um what you want to be doing and ask them how and try to connect with them. Try to, you know, have them as your mentors. Um, because it's important to be focused on your niche, you know, have your specialised skill but also still stay diverse within your network should you ever need to branch out. So for example, with me saying, okay, I am pretty good at personal finance, but I also have friends in the creative industries. I also have friends that are in businesses that are entrepreneurs. I also have friends that are going into tech. So whenever I want to make an investment into any of these areas, these are the people within my networks that I know that I could count on or ask for advice or even maybe do a deal with them right so when it comes to networking and when it comes to investing I'd always say you know go deep first in terms of find what you're really good at but then also maintain a really good level of breadth so you want to go depth first and then wide understand the people in your industry who are currently investing in the assets that you are to. so if you're really interested in like real estate for example there are loads of conferences i know in london um specifically i'm sure it'd be different everywhere but there are loads of conferences in london and real estate where you know, you just go for these things and speak to people, not necessarily even people at the front of the room, but even people that are sat next to you, your peers, um, people that came as well who would probably have shared and similar goals or interests with you. You want to ask them um, if this is their first networking thing, um, if they're currently in real estate, you know, all these questions. And maybe in a different episode, I would go into a little bit more detail on you know, how networks work and how to find them and how to really leverage them. You know, you don't just want to go go up to someone and be like, hey, I see that you, um, I don't know, you just recently bought a property. <laughs> you know, can I be in on you next year? Like, you need to cultivate those relationships. Um, but that's something that you want to definitely have penciled down. Like, start to think and also look at people who are doing what you want to be doing and try to get them into your network does that make sense yeah okay (laughs) go and number five and the last one is the rich get richer because they have extra cash okay this is important because this is when having multiple streams of income is gold like gold (laughs) because warren buffett actually says you know be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful and a great example of this is, you know, the stock market crash that happened in oh seven, oh eight, um, that killed most of the stock markets and the real estate business, right? Because people the wealthy the super rich people had extra cash they had multiple sources of income so even if one went down they had others to back them up they were able to be greedy when others were fearful so when everybody was shouting oh my gosh the stock market's crashing real estate prices are down everybody was losing their house this is when the wealthy people poured millions into the stock market they bought huge um real estates um because they had this had because they had extra cash and because you know again networks as well so even though the times were bad they were able to get good out of it they had assets and they were able to make these moves and they were able to also afford the risk because if you're really wealthy then you can go like you know what even if this doesn't work out it's fine because i have other things coming in so the rich get richer because they always have extra cash and if you look at you know from when the stock market crashed and you know real estate went down to now currently they have returned so much on their money because because they were able to buy real estate at a cheap price if they're selling now they're selling at a massive massive return so it's important that you have extra cash because you don't know when opportunities might come your way. And it's also important that you have a good network because sometimes you might not spot those opportunities, but people within your network would be like, oh, this is happening. I think we should move fast. um, And then you're able to benefit from that. So this is how um wealthy people get wealthier because they have extra reserves so they're able to bring those reserves out when there are opportunities what you don't want is having all your money tied up and then an opportunity presents itself and you actually don't have money to partake in that opportunity and then you miss out so for example when cryptocurrency was crashing so many people said you know oh the bubble has burst um you know that's the end of cryptocurrency i'm taking out all my money people were making huge losses because they just thought you know that was the end of it Right. But actually I know certain people who doubled down and were and who had been tracking, you know, cryptocurrency for a while before that. And even now that um you know a lot of hype has died down, they're still in it and they have actually done way better than people who cut their losses off early. Because sometimes you just need to just just chill, you know, just, just wait a little just wait a little bit. Um, you know, and you'll be fine, and your investments will be fine. And I always say to people, and I'm probably going to do a different um podcast episode on this as well. But you need to know the difference between investing and trading. You know what a lot of people were doing with crypto and why a lot of people got burned, myself included, <laughs> was because we were trading cryptocurrency. Um, we didn't really seek to understand at a deeper level what was going on. Um, I did a little bit at the beginning. Um, because I was invested in a. And I was, you know i had read the whole white paper and i had a friend who knew ethereum from time back probably he had been tracking it from like 2015 or 16 um but for people who were trading we lost a lot of money you know when the bubble burst it was like Ugh! you know we panicked lost a lot of money caught our losses but if i had actually left and i did i did live some money um in crypto i I don't trade it now anymore i'm just holding long term but for people who left their money and came back this year or even last year, they were so much better off, like so much better because eventually what happens with investing is, you know, you, your money can go up and down, but naturally they tend to go up m- more times than not. Um And I know that, you know, disclaimer, past returns is not a guarantee of future predictions or future returns. But, you know, naturally what we have seen is that most things that, um you know the stock markets cryptocurrency markets all of those things that are sort of like up and down and volatile their streak tends to go towards the right which is upwards not downwards okay and that is it that is five tips on how the rich get richer and how you can too and my last golden nugget that I'd leave you with before um we call this episode to a close (laughs) is you don't actually have to be an entrepreneur right everyone um, does not want to be an entrepreneur, but I think that it's important that you look into earning equity in a business or multiple businesses directly or indirectly, either through um you know buying shares in public companies or through looking for companies that haven't gone public yet but are looking for funding and um and yeah, and I think that equity is gonna be one of the ways that. Um, a lot of people will make money from you. Just have to be really smart, really strategic, have the right people in your network. Um, understand businesses before you invest in them. Do your research. I cannot overemphasize that. Please do your research. But yeah, that is my last golden nugget. You don't have to be in a super net, but try as much as possible to get equity in a business or in businesses, whether that is shares on public companies or whether that is shares on private companies, because when those companies IPO, <laughs> um, it's going to be a good time. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have found this useful. I think I was a little bit all over the place. Um, but yeah, hope that this was useful. And let me know what you think. Put this on your story. Share this with a friend. Because we are trying to do as Oprah did. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm not. Um, we're just trying to do better with the finances. And we're trying to learn the principles of, you know, people who have gone ahead of us, right? Ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. Um. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you in the next episode. Have a good day or good night. Bye.